Hey guys, thank you so much for tuning into this podcast. You've made the best decision you could possibly make by tuning your ear to the Word of God. I would love to invite you to stay updated with us on Facebook and YouTube. You can find us at Revival House Church. Father, bless this person and let the seed of the Word multiply 30, 60, and 100 times over in Jesus' name. I'm going to tell you today, I have to do what the Lord told me. It's not going to be a normal teaching service. You come to this church, I love to teach the Word of God. I believe that's what lacks. I'm not into the hour and 30 minute long worship session with the click track and the 15 to 20 minute message. That just don't work because Christians are bound. Christians are dying before they have to die. Christians are sick with things that don't belong to them. Their children are growing up being consumed by the world, lost, caught in the snare and the trap of the enemy. But the word of God is powerful. It's powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. And I have such a conviction that the word of God is the solution to every problem. It's the solution to this country. It's a solution to anything that you have going on in your life. I don't know all of you very well, but I can promise you the word of God gives solution to anything that you're facing. Anything. I'm not saying it gives you comfort. It gives you solution. Resolve. Hallelujah. I have such a passion in me to get the word, the word of faith to as many people as possible. And it's not just bless people. It's because the hour that we're living in, I'm telling you, we're living in the last moments before the trumpet blows. Sorry, uh, we need to release the kids. Sorry about that. Bryson, you're released, my friend. Love y'all. I'm over here flowing in the spirit, and the kids are standing in the back waiting on me. They're going to have just as a good a time as we are because he, he sent me a message last night. Bryson told me I got something in my spirit. He's going to teach them principles of faith, how to use your faith to get the things that you need. Praise God. Lord, I'm sorry I, didn't have, I had to wait until I was like 23 years old to hear that message. And I've put it to work in the last three years, and let me tell you, it works. (laughs) It works. In August, I'll be 27, and I can tell you, I feel like already I've seen God. And you look around and you say, well, this is a small church, but to me, this is a miracle. This is just the beginning. Amen. Because I'm I'm not going to be dying anytime soon. (laughs) Or stopping or quitting. But I'm telling you, the word of God works. I've seen God do in three years what some people never see God do in an entire lifetime. The whole testimony behind getting this building. You know, we never went to a loan to a bank to get this building. The Lord provided the money supernaturally. I was a part of an organization that because I'm going to tell you all, I grew up in religion, and I'm just flowing with the spirit here, okay? I grew up with religion. I had a radical encounter with the real Jesus Christ, not religious Jesus, not man-made idol 
man-made idea Jesus, the real Jesus, when I was 16. I got saved. I got full of the fire of the Holy Ghost. I'm telling you, I was in a youth conference. The Lord knocked me on my back. I'd never seen anyone get slain in the spirit. Never happened. Never Didn't grow up in a church that that was practiced. I got on my back, and when I got up, I'm telling you something. I got up, and I was speaking in other tongues, and I had had a, a real encounter with the living God. The fire of God came on my life. I went home, didn't know anything about the Bible. All I had was an old CD that someone had made me with some worship songs on it. I remember being 16 years old. I'd put that CD in my CD player. Now that's old, right, to the kids, the CD player. You guys are like, CD player? I still use my CD player. We had A-tracks and cassettes and all that. Before me, I was born in the 90s, okay? So anyways, but... um. I would put that CD in that CD player, and I, I didn't know. I'd, I'd get on my knees, and the presence of God would fill my bedroom. He was real. He is real. But, you know, I got into religion. I didn't have anybody teaching me really the word of faith. I didn't have anybody teaching me the things that I was experiencing. And, uh, and, and so without that strong word, I ended up drifting. And, and I went to Bible college. I love the Lord. I had such a strong encounter. It drove me to seek after him. And I knew that he had called me. But I remember I was, how old was I? 22, 23, maybe 22, where I came before the Lord and I said, Lord, I've been to Bible college. I've been in ministry. I've been doing all this stuff for these years. And how come I felt you more when I was 16 than I do right now? I was honest with God. Told him I felt you more when I was 16 than I do right now. Do you know why? Because all I had was religion. Instantly, the Lord opened the door and I got introduced to the word of faith. I got introduced to Dr. Rodney Howard Brown. I got introduced to Kenneth Hagin. I got introduced to generals that the Lord's raised up. And I'm telling you, that word came in. And it, it brought the fire back that I had experienced. So I'm telling you, I've done both. I've been a Christian in religion. I've been a Christian in real relationship with Jesus. I've been in the ministry in religion. I've been in the ministry <laughs> full of the fire of the Holy Ghost. There's only one way. God opened a door. We got a part of an organization. I'm not going to tell you the name but it's abbreviated the AOG, just saying. <laughs> they told me we didn't like, uh, we don't like you preaching healing like that. We don't believe that God heals every time. We don't believe it's God's will to heal every time. We don't like you teaching people to sowing and reaping and that prosperity, you know, that life's all about suffering, suffering, suffering. And I, Anyways, they ended up giving me an ultimatum. You can change and have nothing to do with those ministries you're connected to, or you can, you know, do your own thing. And so I tell you that to tell you, the Lord provided this building, gave us the money that we needed. We never had to take out a loan from a bank. At that point, it was like 100000 just right underneath it, which was a miracle. And we had a member of the time step up with, a, with the money for the whole thing and say, I have all of the money. I'll write a single check for it. And he donated most of it, but the rest of it, he said, you can pay me back at 0% interest over the next five years. Hallelujah. And we got in this building and started this work of the Lord. It's a miracle. Amen. 
And today, I'm telling you that. Why am I telling you that? I don't know. Someone here obviously needed to hear that, to get faith. God is real. If you'll follow the Holy Ghost, that's all you have to do is obey the word and follow the leading of the Spirit. Jesus said, seek first my kingdom, and you don't have to worry about everything else. All these other things will be added unto you. I'll do what you could never do for yourself, and I'll do it supernaturally. The Lord says, I'll bring people into your path that will help you, that will hear from heaven, and they'll feel led to help you for no reason at all, and they'll help you. Hallelujah. Such a blessing. But today's not going to be a teaching service. Today, the Lord told me. He gave me a, a, a vision, a word. We went out soul winning. We do got a visitor. I'm not going to embarrass her. We got a visitor from the soul winning yesterday. We had a great time. I want to encourage you, come and join us soul winning on Saturdays from 10 to 12. People getting saved. Today, we probably had all together. Five to ten people get saved between all the groups that went out. People got blessed. People got touched. Thank you, Jesus. But today the Lord said, I want, I want to do something. I, John, I need you to break demonic power. And so I'm going to talk about that. In Luke chapter 4, 18 through 19, Jesus said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will see, and that the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. So this was kind of Jesus' mandate and the gospel mandate in a very short scripture. He says to preach to the poor, to proclaim the captives will be released, say the captives. What is he talking about? The captives. If you study Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, he's talking about people that are held captive by demonic power. Why do you know that? Because every page you turn, you're going to see Jesus encountering a demon and setting somebody free from demonic power. The blind will see in the oppressed, demonically oppressed. The, those that are held captive by demon power, those that are oppressed by demon power, he has anointed me to break that power. People are bound by demonic power in here today. I believe that. The Lord told me that. that there's some of you, you may not even know it, and I'm going to help you be able to identify it. There's some people in here today that you're bound by demonic power, and you're going to have an opportunity today to be free. Free. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, something that really does, that, that's been burning in my spirit is, again, when you read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Jesus encountered the demonic every day, it seems like. Let me ask you this. Did demons go away? They didn't? No, I mean, but did demons go away in general? Jesus encountered them and dealt with them every single day. It, it, and it seems like in the, in the church, my point is this, in the modern church, it's almost as if we believe or act as if they just went away. They don't exist. People aren't bound by demonic power. Demons didn't go away. What have we done? We've just simply relabeled them, medicated them, relabeled them and normalized them and accepted them. They didn't go away, but we don't encounter the demonic like that. We do. 
but we don't see it because we have this veil, because we've relabeled it, right? So I'm going to go over some manifestations of the demonic. You can write these down if you'd like this morning. Number one, manifestations of the demonic, mute slash deaf. Look at Matthew 9, 32 through 33. When they left, a demon man, demon-possessed man who couldn't speak was brought to Jesus. So Jesus cast out the demon, and the man began to speak, and the crowds were amazed. Nothing like this has ever happened in all of Israel, they exclaimed. You know, I, I think, again, what we've done in the modern church is someone can't speak, what will we say? Oh, they have a disability. This man didn't have a disability. He was oppressed by demonic power. And the manifestation of that demonic power was causing him to be unable to speak. Amen. Okay, mute slash deaf. Say deaf. Mark 9, 25, when Jesus saw the crowd of onlookers was growing, he rebuked the evil spirit. Listen, you spirit that makes this boy unable to hear and speak. He said, I command you to come out of this child and never enter him again. This boy was oppressed by a demon, and it caused him to be unable to hear or speak. Christians don't deal with things like this. What happens, you know, if our babies are born, they fail a hearing test, what do we do? Oh, well, they just have a disability. They're hearing impaired. And we just relabel it. It's demonic. It's demonic oppression. And here's the good news. It can be broken very simply in the name of Jesus Christ. But you've got to be able to identify it for what it is. So when a person is being oppressed by the demonic, it can manifest in a way that makes that person unable to speak and unable to hear. Blindness. Say blindness. Matthew 12, 22. The demon-possessed man who was blind and couldn't speak was brought to Jesus, and he healed the man so that he could speak and see. A demon can oppress a person, and it manifests in the way of them being unable to see. Eye problems. Blindness. Look at epilepsy, Matthew 17, 15. Lord, have mercy on my son. He has seizures and suffers terribly. Epilepsy and specifically seizures. He often falls into the fire or into the water. Seizures. Say seizures. Again, what do we do today? We just medicate it, we just relabel it, and we dance around the fact that that wasn't a health problem necessarily, that was a demon problem. And can I tell you something that you're going to see through all of these threads, that when the demonic was dealt with, the rest of the symptoms were resolved. Hallelujah. Seizures. Yeah, I'm not against doctors. I'm really not. Doctors help a lot of people. But what has happened in the world that our messages are more focused on standing in this pulpit and preaching things more geared towards, oh, you know, if you're, if you're struggling with seizures, if you're struggling with any of these symptoms that I just talked about, I have a good doctor I could refer you to. Praise God that doctor's there to help people, but that's not the ministry of Jesus Christ. Amen. 
Insanity. Say insanity. Turn to Mark chapter 5, 1 through 18. If you're hot, don't worry. We're going to get it looked at Monday. (laughs) Y'all hot in here? No? Oh, it's just me. Okay. Mark 5, 1 through 18. So they arrived on the other side of the lake in the region of Gerasenes. When Jesus climbed out of the boat and a man possessed by an evil spirit came from the tombs to meet him, this man lived in the burial caves and could no longer be restrained, even with a chain. Whenever he was put into chains and shackles, he, as he was often, he snapped the chains from his wrist and smashed the shackles. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Day and night, he wandered among the burial caves and in the hills, howling and cutting himself with sharp stones. Say, cutting himself. You know what makes a teenager cut themselves? It's not mental illness. It's a demon. It's a demon spirit. So when is the church going to rise up and say, well, maybe I don't need to take my child to a psychiatrist and get them on antidepressants at 13 years old? Maybe I need to recognize the hand of the devil and get the authority the Bible tells me that I have in the name of Jesus Christ and break this stronghold off of this child. Stop normalizing the devil. It caused him to cut himself. He was howling like an animal. He was crazy. He was insane. Jesus was still uh, some distance away, and the man saw him and ran to meet him and bowed low before him. With a shriek, he screamed, Why are you interfering with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? In the name of God, I beg you, don't torture me. For Jesus had already said to the spirit, Come out of the man, you evil spirit. Then Jesus demanded, What's your name? He replied, my name is Legion because there are many of us inside of this man. I was reading Finnis Dake's note. Every demon, every sickness has a devil. You know, cancer, I believe this. Cancer, that's a spirit. That ain't normal. That's a spirit. Deafness, that's a spirit. Blindness, that's a spirit. Fibromyalgia, you're going to see this. That's a spirit. Autoimmune disease, that's a spirit. Rheumatoid arthritis, that's a spirit. There was many spirits. And I want to tell you, with a person with many spirits, there will be many manifestations. Then the evil spirit begged him, and again and again, not to send him to some distant place. I'm going to tell you something. Don't you love this, how Jesus wasn't ruled by the devil? The spirits were asking him permission. You tell us, what am I allowed to do? You're going to see this in a little bit, but as a believer, you have the same authority over evil spirits. You've got to hold up that shield of faith and get the revelation where you under, you got to get this. I'm not telling you that the devil just gets to pick on your children and do whatever he wants to do. I'm telling you this right now that when you get the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ, they have to ask your permission before they can do anything. And any good parents, oh, yeah, sure, you can possess my child. No, that's not going to happen. Not going to happen, devil. 
So Jesus gave them permission, and the evil spirit came out of this man and entered the pigs, and the entire herd of about 2,000 pigs plunged down the steep hillside into the lake and drowned in the water. I do have a funny testimony for you. I read this verse one time. The Lord said, do you see that demons, you need to understand this, the devil, he has a spirit body. What I mean by that is the devil was actually an angel of the Lord. But demons are disembodied spirits. So they seek for embodiment. They seek to, for you know, the devil can't possess anybody. He has a spirit body. It's like the angel, Archangel Michael, can't come and, you know, wouldn't do that anyways, but can't possess anybody because he's not a disembodied spirit. He has a spirit body. Satan's the same way. Satan has a spirit body, but demons are disembodied spirits. So they seek possession. And the Lord showed me that demons can possess animals. <laughs> the reason that's funny to me is because over the last couple of years, I'm telling you, I had hog hell out of my property. I mean, I would walk outside, and these suckers, 200-pound hogs, would be 20 feet off my front porch. I'm not exaggerating. Enough to poke them with a broomstick. Sitting right there, my dogs didn't bother those hogs at all. They're just sitting there tearing up my property, and I'm just sitting so fighting mad. And then one day the Lord said, I, I mean, you may think this is funny, but he said, this is demonic. They possessed pigs in the Bible. Tell that spirit, you're not allowed on this property anymore. I curse those hogs. I curse that spirit. I said, you're not tearing up this property anymore. I'm being honest with you. I haven't, we haven't had any more hog damage come up in several, several months. Hallelujah. Some of y'all think, oh, that's weird. Well, no, it's not. You're just not ready for it yet. So the pigs, the entire herd of pigs, 2,000 pigs, plunged down to the steep hillside into the lake and drowned in the water. The herdsmen fled to the nearby town and surrounding countryside. Spreading news as they ran, people rushed out to see what happened. The crowd soon gathered around Jesus, and they saw the man who had been possessed by the legion of demons. He was sitting there fully clothed and perfectly sane. Wow. So the demonic can oppress you and make you insane. You see the people wandering around on the streets that are talking up in the air. Yes, they may have a meth addiction, but the meth addiction really isn't their problem. It's a demon problem that needs to be dealt with. And you know what happens when the demon problem is dealt with? The insanity leaves and the addiction is broken as well. Say insanity. So the, whenever somebody's demonically oppressed, demons manifest in a way that can alter your mind. Did you know that? Why is that important? Because we live in the era of mental health. Mental health this, mental health that. Everybody has mental health problems. Three-year-olds are being taught how to have good mental health as, as a child. Your five-year-olds are taking, I need a sick, I need a mental health day. You're in kindergarten. What do you mean you need a mental health day? Come on. That's demonic oppression. Can I tell you something? Depression is not an irregularity in your hormones. It's not that your brain's not getting some kind of supplement that it needs. It's demonic oppression. Depression is oppression. Oppression. 
And maybe this is going over smooth because I'm in Texas, but can I tell you, if I were to preach this up north somewhere or some other place, they'd go to shoot me down. Because half of the 10-year-old and 11-year-old kids are already on antidepressants. Suicide. Say suicide. So they brought the boy, a demon-possessed boy, but when the evil spirit saw Jesus, it threw the child into a violent convulsion, and he fell on the ground, withering and foaming at the mouth. How long has this been happening? Jesus asked the boy's father, and he replied, since he was a little boy, the spirit often throws him into the fire and into the water trying to kill him. Have mercy on help us if you can. Can I tell you, suicidal thoughts are not natural. It's not natural for you to have thoughts of killing yourself. That's not a normal thing. That is demonic. Are y'all with me this morning? That is demonic. There's nothing on the inside of a man or a woman that should make you want to put something to your head and pull the trigger or take your own life. There's, There's nothing. That is a devil spirit that has to be dealt with. I'm telling y'all, this is so different. If you were to come with us in some of the youth sessions that we have, I don't hold back from these kids. Oh, if you're depressed, I want you to come up and let's pray. Jesus, comfort them in this depression. Lord, be with them and help them. If you're having suicidal thoughts, please come up and receive prayer. Lord, thank you for your identity that you've spoken. No, I don't say anything like that. Come out now in Jesus' name. I command this spirit to be broken off. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Suicide. So you tie those together. Insanity, depression, mental health, suicide. It's called mental health. It's a demon that needs to be dealt with. We've just relabeled it and medicated it. Sickness and disease. Matthew 4, 23 through 24. Jesus traveled through the region of Galilee, teaching in the synagogues and announcing the good news about the kingdom. He healed every kind of disease and illness. News about him spread as far as Syria, and people soon began bringing him all who were sick. And whatever their sickness or disease, or if they were demon-possessed, can I tell you, you're going to see this in just a moment, most of the time someone struggles with sickness and disease is because there is demonic oppression. There's people that it just seems like it's one sickness after another. It's just one thing after another. It's one health problem, and as soon as you get that health problem medicated, there's another health problem, and then this other thing happens, and how come in my family that my father, my grandfather, my great-grandfather, they've all died of the same condition? That's not normal. It's demonic. Stop normalizing it. You can be set free. I told you. Beginning today, people are bound. Families may even be bound by the demonic in here today, and you'll have an opportunity to be set free. Look at this, math and Luke 13. I want to show you this, Luke 13, 10 through 16. One Sabbath day as Jesus was teaching in the synagogue, he saw a woman who had been crippled by an evil spirit. Wow. She had been crippled. Why was she crippled? What would we say today? Oh, she's got rheumatoid arthritis. 
No, Jesus said she's been crippled by an evil spirit. She had been bent over double for 18 years and was unable to stand up. Did Jesus say that was just a normal health condition? No. He said that's a demon spirit that's causing that woman to have that manifestation in her body. When Jesus saw her, he called her over and said, Dear woman, you are healed of your sickness. Say sickness. Wait, hold on a second. Didn't he just say it was an evil spirit, but now he changes the word and says sickness. What does that mean? Sickness and evil spirit are interchangeable words. Y'all don't believe me? COVID-19 was a devil from hell. It still is, and no vaccine can cast the devil out. Are y'all with me? Sickness, evil spirit. Then he touched her, and instantly she could stand straight. Hallelujah. I'm going to tell you, how could Jesus touch? Because he had the glory of God, the anointing of the Holy Ghost. I was telling our youth kids this Friday, I said, Jesus walked around in power. Signs, miracles, wonders went everywhere with him. But there's also something that he did frequently is he retreated to a quiet place and prayed with the Father. One time he was praying, he brought his disciples, and they literally saw the glory of the Lord, that, and Jesus was transformed, transfigured. He was in his glory. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians that we've entered into a covenant where now we can see and reflect the glory of God, the glory of God that's seen in the face of Jesus Christ. What am I trying to tell you? When you get into the presence of God, God's glory gets on you. God's presence gets in you. You get saturated. If I were to get soaking wet and come sit on this chair and sit here for a minute and then get up, guess what? The residue would be on the chair. What happened was Jesus carried the glory of God. He was God, but he spent time with the Father in the presence of God. And whenever he would touch a person, those demons can't. Stay where the glory of God is. Hallelujah. It was like Moses that threw the the stick in the pond and it turned the bitter water sweet. They needed drinking water. The water was bitter. It was full of bacteria, full of algae, full of scum. Moses went and took a stick. It was a type and shadow of Christ. He threw it in that pond, and it says all of a sudden, I can just imagine if we were standing there, that water that was green, it began to turn pure. The bacteria died back. The algae died back, and the bitter water became sweet. It's the same thing when a believer who is full of the power, full of the presence, that carries the anointing and the glory of God, whatever you touch, that bacteria has to die. Whatever you touch, that that infirmity, that spirit has to flee and retreat. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. So, he says, he touched her and instantly she could stand up straight. I just love that because in this instance, he didn't even rebuke the demon, did he? He didn't even speak to it. He just touched her. And God's glory was like the rod that turned the bitter water sweet. That crippling spirit left that woman. 
But the leader in charge of the synagogue was indignant that Jesus had healed her on the Sabbath day. There are six days of the week for working. He said to the crowd, come on those days to be healed, not the Sabbath. But Jesus replied, you hypocrites, each of you work on the Sabbath day. Don't you untie your ox or your donkey from its stall on the Sabbath day and lead it out of water? This dear woman, a daughter of Abraham, has been held in bondage by Satan for 18 years. He didn't say this dear woman has had a a sickness in her body and it's just kind of normal. He said, no, she's been held in bondage by Satan and it manifested in a way that caused her to be crippled over for 18 years. She didn't have a cripple problem. She had a demon problem. Come on, somebody. You don't have mental health problems. You may have a demon problem. You may not have suicidal thought problems or depression problems. You may not have eye problems or ear problems. You may not have blood problems, heart problems, back problems. You may need to be set free from demonic power. Manifestations of the demonic torments. Matthew 4.24, his fame went through all of Syria, and they brought him all the sick who were afflicted with various disease and torments, say torments. And those who were demon-possessed, epileptics, paralytics, he healed all of them. Hallelujah. I thank you, Jesus. God doesn't bring babies on this earth that are paralyzed. God doesn't bring babies on this earth that are disabled. Are babies born on the earth that have those problems? They are. But I'm going to tell you that they are, they're born into a fallen system. They come, and sometimes there's, there's a mark on a family that's never been dealt with, that's never been put under the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm just being honest with you. And all it takes is one believer to get a hold of this. And by faith, break the demonic power, and your family lineage will go on and never be the same. Your children won't inherit what you inherited. Your children won't inherit what your parents inherited from their parents. Say torments. That word torments, if you actually look at it in the Greek, it literally means aches and pains in the body constantly. Did you know aches and pains? How do we deal with aches and pains? Oh, ibuprofen, Tylenol. I carry a bottle of Tylenol around and just pop it. People do stuff like that. But yet Jesus said a person that was inflicted here with constant aches and pains in their body, oh, man, it's just like there's so many medical names that we give it today. Jesus said this person was inflicted with a tormenting spirit that caused constant aches and pains in the body. I know I've said it, but I'll say it again. Fibromyalgia, autoimmune disease, that's a devil from hell. It's not to be played with. It's not to be coddled. It's not to be labeled, relabeled. It's not to be normalized. It needs to be cast out and cast down. I don't know if y'all are liking this, if you're hating this, but I'm going to tell you God's raised me up with it because this generation needs to hear it. John G. Lake understood what I'm telling you today. Gordon Lindsay, he understood what I'm telling you today. Jack Coe understood what I'm telling this generation today, right now. 
They didn't play games with demons. And people get offended. Don't let that spirit offend you. Well, Pastor John, I may struggle with some of those things. Don't be offended. Get free. And break demonic stronghold power. Break demon power off of your life. Hallelujah. I'm almost done. Torments, say torments. That's constant aches and pains in the body. Lastly, another manifestation of a demon is fear. 2 Timothy 1.7, God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity. Right there, the Bible says fear is not a feeling. It's a spirit. You weren't born with fear. Even science will tell you that babies, they only have two fears naturally. Number one, the fear of falling. And it's not like afraid. It's a natural response. You drop a baby, your body's going to react to protect itself and, and the reaction of loud noises. Those are the only two things the human body, the human being, naturally reacts to. Every other thing is a spirit that we've adopted. There's only one thing that you are to fear, and it's the Lord. Come on. Only one thing that we are to fear, and it's the Lord. And I, don't, I know other people believe different things, but I'll never stop believing that. The fear of the Lord, it's a respect, it's a reverence. God is God, and I'm not God. God's word is God's word, whether I, whether I come across a day where I like it, whether I come across a day where it offends me, whether I come across a day where it's hard, to, it's a hard pill to swallow, it doesn't matter because God is God and I am not God and I don't cross him because I'm not the creator, I am the creation. And the creation, can the creation speak to the creator and tell the creator for which it was created? No. No. God is God. Jesus said, don't fear man. Yeah, maybe they can destroy your body, but fear God. He can destroy your body and your soul in hell. We're not to walk around like fearful slaves, but we are to have a reverence for God. He is not to be crossed. Hallelujah. His word is to not be usurped. I wish some of these parents would get the fear of God and they'd stop messing with their children. Stop messing with their children's salvation because Jesus said things that really are controversial to some people. He said those that cause one of these little ones to stumble, oh, that's okay. Do whatever the heck you want and one day you'll stand before me and guess what? Everyone gets to heaven. Don't worry about it. No, one of, one of these that caused these little ones to stumble, he said it'd be better for you to have a stone tied around your neck and thrown into the ocean. So sick of these kids getting saved, raised up in our church, and their heathen parents saying, oh, you know what, go live in the world, go have boyfriends, go party, you're young, go live it up. You're causing your child to stumble, and you're putting yourself in opposition against God. And I'm sorry that no one's brave enough to tell you the truth, but it's the absolute truth. You better repent and get on the right side before things get really bad. Not by the hand of man, by the hand of God, because God does not take it lightly when people mess with his children. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. I felt the anointing on that. God does not take it lightly when people mess with his children. You don't touch a child of God. 
You fear the Lord. He is a loving Father that is gracious and merciful, but it's true. I've heard it said, and I'll say it again. Any man can be the nicest man in the world, but you slap that man's wife, and you'll see a different side of that man. Hallelujah. You slap that man's child, you'll see a different side of that man. Jesus revealed to the Apostle Paul in the book of Corinthians, you are the temple of God, and I will destroy anyone who destroys my temple. Paul said that. The church is the temple of the Holy Ghost. You put your hand on the church, you better get ready for destruction. I hope, you know, Facebook's already been threatening to ban my account, our church account, for talking about stuff like this. But I'm telling you right now, you put your hand on the church, and you better get ready for destruction, for God will destroy anyone that destroys his temple. You are holy. Hallelujah. Set apart. Y'all okay this morning? Praise you, Jesus. There's all these different manifestations of the demonic, and I'm going to just simply, I'm going to have you do something. I'm going to have the worship team, if you will, unless you need to be a part of this. I need you to come up. Praise you, Jesus. Breaking demonic power. I'm going to tell you how to get demonic power broken off of you. Again, I'm telling you. There's some in here that there's been a devil's spirit that has been allowed from generation to generation in your family. You need to break the cycle. You need to break the cycle. Don't think that it happens automatically. Anything in the word of God, even if it's a promise, it doesn't just happen automatically. It has to be obtained. It has to be by faith initiated. So here's, here's some of the things that you, you have to do. I'm not just going to pray a, a general prayer and then bippity-boppity-boo, it's done, there you go. No, the Lord told me there's some things that you need to deal with within yourself first before you receive prayer. The number one is repentance. Jesus said in Luke 11, 24 through 26, when an evil spirit leaves a person, look, you can cast out an evil spirit. Any believer has the authority to cast out a devil spirit. But when an evil spirit leaves a person, it goes into the desert searching for rest. But when it finds none, it says, I will return to the person I came from. So it returns and finds that its former home is all swept and in order. The spirit, then what happens, the spirit finds seven other spirits more evil than itself and they all enter the person and live there. So that person is worse off than before. I'm going to tie that with John 5, 14. Jesus, afterwards, Jesus found this person. He had touched, he had healed, found him in the temple and told him, now that you are well, stop sinning or something even worse may happen to you. The anointing breaks the yoke of bondage. The name of Jesus can cast any devil out, but if there's not repentance, that devil, all he has to do is turn around and come right back in the open door. What is repentance? Repentance is shutting that door. It's shutting the door. Close the door to sin. I'll give you an example. People, 
They're tormented in their body. They're, they're, they're bound with an addiction of smoking. They're bound with an addiction of drinking. And it's causing, there's a spirit. Did you know the Bible says not to be drunk with wine, but to be filled with the Holy Spirit? Can I tell you that there's no coincidence, even the world understands this. What do they call hard liquor? Spirits. It's a spirit. It's a spirit. What happens when you open up your life to that spirit? Now all of a sudden I have health problems. Now all of a sudden my family's falling apart. Now all of a sudden nothing's working for me because it's a manifestation of that spirit. And you want relief from that spirit, but you're not willing to shut the door that let the spirit in in the first place. I want my body to be healed. I want my, my life to get right. I want this curse that I seem to be under to be broken. And I want to come under the blessing of God, but I'm not willing to lay that down. I want to be healed in my lungs, but I'm not willing to put the cigarettes down. Hallelujah. So repentance, say repentance. Do you want free? Do you want free? Repent. Repent. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. You want free, sister? You're going to get free. I'm going to pray for you in a little bit. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. People are crippled by fear. Night terrors. Kids nowadays, they're so afraid to walk down their own hallway. They're totally crippled by fear. That's a spirit. We just said fear is a spirit. I don't want to be tormented in my dreams anymore. I don't want to feel this way. I don't want to be terrified. I don't want to have this insecurity. Kids nowadays, they have no boldness. You go to talk to them, they can't even look you in the eye. Why? They're crippled by fear. It's a spirit. They don't even want you to look at them. They don't want to be seen. They don't want to be heard. They want a hood over their head. That's a spirit of fear. Well, I want to be free. But yet you don't want to stop watching pornography. So the question is this, number one, if you want to be free, you have to repent. Because if you don't, I can pray for you. I believe something will be broken off of your life, but if you're not willing to shut that door, it's gonna come right back. The Bible says seven times worse than it was before. Repent, get your life right with God, let him do a work on the inside of you. You have to wanna be free. I'm gonna tell you this as well. I had a man come in here demonized one time. talking in multiple voices, evidently demonized, came up to the front, began to pray for him. And he went from anger to rage to, I mean, manifestation of the demonic very clearly. And he had multiple demons. He didn't just have one demon, he had multiple demons. He would get set free and I could see it in his eyes. We would pray, boom. He would like enter into a level of freedom. And then all of a sudden where he wasn't even able to talk, he was now having conversation. He was telling us, yeah, this is what's going on. And I mean, he would get free, free, free. And then finally we hit a brick wall. When we were praying, but there was no more freedom that was being produced. And I, the Lord had me stop and I asked him, I said, do you want to be free? 
And he looked at me and he said, there are certain spirits, they help me. They protect me is what he said. I told him that's a lie from hell. That's the enemy trying to steal, kill, and destroy you, that you're tolerating a demon spirit. That demon spirit is going to drag your life down, drag you straight to hell. I'm telling you right now, my friend, it's a lie. That God didn't give you that spirit that's, that you think. He had names and everything for him, and I said, no, you can be free right now, very simply. And he looked at me and he said, I'm not willing to let these ones go. You know what I said? I love you. When you are willing, you come back here and you'll get free in a moment. But until you're willing and ready to lay it down, I can't do anything for you. Lord, bless them for being hearers of the word in Jesus' name. If you would like to sow a seed or partner with this work that the Lord is doing, check out the description of this podcast or go to www.rhctx.com forward slash give. You can find all the ways to give on that page. Thank you so much for tuning into this podcast. Until next time, this is John Wallace.